You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, for service times or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Amen. Most of you um, know that David and I spent some time in Israel. I retired uh, and then we went off to Israel. Um, Didn't really mean to do that. I was only asked to go for three months and it ended up being four and a half years. But that's the way God is sometimes and uh, we we learn to go with that, don't we? Um, A couple of weeks ago, uh, we went to hear somebody from Israel that we knew in Israel speaking um, in, in Perth. Um, It was a Church of Scotland thing, so we went along and heard some of the things that God was doing. But I think it was that that made me um, just start to think again about what it was like living in Israel. Um, I was warned I was not to speak on weather this morning, um, because we know that. But um, when I started to think about Israel, I was thinking about um, lots of things that were quite, quite different there. And this might come as a bit of a shock to you, but it made me start to think about earthquakes. Okay. I don't know if anybody here has ever been in an earthquake, felt an earthquake. Some people that have been um, abroad, there's quite a few nodding their heads. Uh, Right. We don't get very many in in Bones, but we have heard occasionally of um, very small earthquakes in Scotland. Um, But some people have been travelling and um, have found themselves maybe in an earthquake. Now, I don't know uh, how you felt in that earthquake. I've only been in one earthquake. Um, but even if you've not been in one, you see the aftermath because we, you know, when we see the news, we see earthquakes, how they have happened, uh, and we, we know what, what kind of damage they, they can do. But I remember being in this one, it wasn't in Israel, it was in Chile. Uh, and I remember waking up in the middle of the night and having absolutely no idea what was happening. I was in Chile, I was in a room on my own, had no idea what was going on, but I knew that the house was shaking. I knew it wasn't a dream. I knew something was really going on. And it was so loud as well. That was the other thing. And then all of a sudden, after a few, well, it seemed to me quite a while, but I expect it was only a couple of minutes, it stopped. And then there was quiet. Everything was calm again. At least it was in the house that I was in. It was 8.6 on the Richter scale. So it was a pretty big uh, earthquake. But the only damage that was done to the house that I was in was in the garden. And some lemons fell off the tree. as fortunate, um, thank you, weren't as fortunate, but uh, we were perfectly okay. And the reason we were okay was that the house was built into the rock. There was other areas, poorer areas, Santiago, um, and and a couple of big buildings uh, fell down. As far as I'm aware, I don't remember that there was any uh, casualties, but you know, it was quite a thing. And to see these ones that had fallen down when we were perfectly safe, Is that a cue for a parable? Not today. (laughs) Back to Israel. Okay. 
So when we lived in Israel, we discovered that we were living on a fault line and that an earthquake was expected any day because earthquakes come in Israel every 95 to 100 years. And we were in the 97th year. <laughs> Nobody told us that when we were going to Israel. For quite a long time though, uh, new buildings were all had to be built to certain standards to be more earthquake friendly. And uh, I felt we were okay because we were in a brand new building. So it was all good for us anyway. However, the authorities in Israel took earthquakes very seriously. There were earthquake officers. How about that? There's a job for you. Um, we're not going back though. Um, but in one of the ways that they tried to deal with earthquakes was to train key people. And you've guessed it, head teachers were key people. So I had to go to training, which is quite difficult for me because I don't speak Hebrew. But anyway, I took one of my deputies with me to translate. And what that entailed was two days of training. So on one day, I had to go and listen to um, the police particularly and the army tell us everything about what happens in an earthquake. But the second day was a practical day and they had set up all these scenarios and there was, in fact, the head teacher of the school that we were in had to be rescued from uh, a, a build, uh, one of the higher buildings um, and that was quite interesting to watch. I was glad it wasn't in my school. but. We were. Uh, we we also had people who were. It was like a scene from Casualty. Uh, all these people that were all dressed, having been, um, you know, really to look as though they were really badly hurt. But you know, it was amazing because the police and the firefighters and and the ambulance staff, they were all there. They were all taking part, and they were taking it very seriously. Um, so what I want to say to you is that if ever we have an earthquake, be assured. I know exactly what to do. And I've got a certificate, albeit in Hebrew, so you'll have to trust me, I've got a certificate that says that. Okay. Well, all joking aside, those that have nodded at me that they've been in an earthquake will know it's a pretty scary uh, phenom phenomena. Because for ordinary people, for those just sitting about, waiting, um, looking, getting on with their lives, um, there's no sign of it coming. And unless you put on the news and you hear the, all, you know, people saying there's going to be an earthquake, um, and they're only going to know that minutes beforehand. It's a devastating effect that it has, and it's very unpredictable. So I want to read you Psalm 46. And Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, is that not an earthquake? And the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake in their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Hallelujah. 
Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The Lord Almighty is with us. You know, earthquakes happen not only in the natural world, but in people's lives as well. But this is a go-to psalm if ever you're experiencing earthquakes happening in your life. When it's your world that's shaking, when it's you that's in pain, when it's you who feels depressed, when it's you or when it's your loved one who's suffering, you know, when we're in the situation where the cost of living is spiraling out of control, when the basic groceries that you need are rising in price and the money that you have coming in seems to be going down and down, when the choice for many people is eat or heat, when jobs are under threat, when strikes hit home, when it's your world that's shaking. Sound like any time that you're aware of? For many people, it's now. For many people are hitting rock bottom. And even those of us with solid faiths are saying, Lord, what's going on? What's going on? You know, we've, we've had some tremendous words this year, um, all about trusting God that he's in control, about loving him, about loving each other, about continuing to build family, to build kingdom here in Bowness, to be in this together, because you're not on your own no matter what you're going through. We're really keen that we build family here, that people coming in feel that they're at home. Welcome home, our banner says, although hardly I'm denoticed. <laughs> it says, welcome home. And that's what it means, that you're in this with us. And it's not just for the people in here, it's for those outside the walls as well, so that they see what a living faith really looks like, what it means to be God's, God's people. You know, I'm going to tell you that the number of people needing help from the pantry food bank just now has doubled since November, doubled since November. People in Bowness are really struggling. Lots of people really struggling. So a little plug, if you can help, we collect groceries every week for the food bank. Um, so bring it along and we'll make sure that they, it gets along to the food bank there. If that's difficult, please, we're always looking for money as well because people need fresh and frozen stuff bought. So if you can do, and if you're struggling and you need it, please, Go online, bonus food pantry, and you can refer yourself. So, little plug for that. But you know, people are really struggling because their worlds are shaking. And so, for so many, they don't even know that there is hope, that there is this psalm in scripture, that it does say our God is in control. But we know that, and we hold on to that truth. Do you know, I love, one of the things that I love about this psalm, I love the words that are in it, I love how it's been penned, but also I love that it was written during a very difficult time. It was written during a foreign invasion of Israel. It wasn't written at a time of prosperity when everything was going really well. It wasn't written at a time of peace. 
Theologians can't, well, they can't, well, they argue about it, can't be absolutely certain, but it looks like it was written at the time of King Hezekiah. And those pesky Assyrians, they're back. They constantly, they never learned. They kept coming back and trying to defeat Israel, and they'd been doing that. But God had delivered them. And it says in the small print that this psalm was written by the sons of Korah. It's not one of David's psalms. It's written by the sons of Korah. But that could well have been King Hezekiah himself. Because not only was he king, he was a poet. I didn't know that till I went looking for it. Um, he led his army into battle. He believes that God is in complete control. He believes that God can do the impossible, as we've seen this morning. And he's giving glory back to God because he's trusting him. He knows he's the God of the impossible. It's a psalm that's about us all being together. And it's not a psalm. There's no I in the psalm. It's all we. We are, we are coming into the presence of God. We are trusting him. We are in this together. The emphasis is on the presence of the Lord with his people. And the difference it makes when we trust him in the challenges and the changes and the difficulties of life. And you know, that hasn't changed. Amen. Yeah. It's an ideal psalm to turn to when the going gets tough and the enemy seems to be making attempt after attempt after attempt to bring us down. 3,000 years ago, this was written. We're not the first to experience shaky ground. And we'll definitely not be the last either. But the fact that we have a Savior walking over stormy seas, raging seas to get to us is what gives us peace in the middle of the storm. I don't know if Josh is here this morning, but I was listening to Josh last week, last Sunday night. Um, and he, he, was, uh, he gave us a, an amazing message about Jonah, but he centered his message around three Ps. And I've got three different P's that I want to bring to you this morning. And they're all three, three P's from Psalm 46. So I want to talk to you about God's presence, about his peace, and about his promise. So the first is God's presence. Right at the start of this psalm is God's presence, his promise that he's going to be with us. Do you know, he's not some impersonal God way up in the sky not interested in anything about humanity. He made humanity particularly for one reason. He wants to have relationship with us. This is the God who loved us so much. He died for us. The secret of continually knowing his presence is continually having that relationship. We have to keep going to him. You know how it is with relationships? You have to be with those people. You have to talk with them. You have to walk life. We have to do, we have relationship with each other here because we do life together. We walk together. We talk together. And God is exactly the same. He loves to have relationship with you. He loves that you talk with him, that you come to him with the problems. Do you know, he knows them all already, but he loves when you come. And you know, I'm going to reassure you this morning, there is nothing that you can do or that you have done that will make God love you less. And you know what? There's nothing you can do or have done that can make you, him love you more. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us because he loves us. No other reason. And he wants you to bring all your cares to him. 
He's a never-present help in times of trouble, our Sam says. That means he never, ever leaves, no matter what. The Hebrew word here for refuge means a shelter or a rock of safety. The house in Chile, when I experienced that earthquake, stood secure because it was built into the rock. All the shaking of the earthquake could do nothing more than dislodge a few lemons. It was pretty okay. You know, we can be attacked, but we can never fall because he's our rock, our safety. That doesn't mean that your situation will necessarily change. I would love to tell you that it would, but it's not true. And it doesn't mean that you start to just pretend that the problem has gone away. It means that God is in it with you. He's in that situation with you and he will get you through it. Let's face it, Jesus conquered death on the cross. What else is there that could be worse? We know that we have a hope. We've just sung it. We've just sung it. I couldn't sing it without crying because it was so real and I knew I was going to say this this morning. But he's conquered death. What else can we, what else can happen? There's nothing else that Satan can do because even death is not to be feared. Our hope is in God. Isaiah 40 and 31, you'll know really well, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not be faint. So in these days of trials, no matter how hard it is, and I'm looking around here and I know some of your situations and I know some people are going through real hell at the moment, but we have a hope, an ever-present help with us. We sing even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. But you know, sometimes it's hard to believe. But you know what? We really need to believe that because it is gospel truth. It's the truth. Even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. So please, please, please hold tightly to that truth. You know, on a clear night, you can look over a calm sea and you can see the moon reflected there. It's the most beautiful, beautiful sight. But if the waves are choppy and there's dark clouds overhead, you won't see the reflection, you won't see the moon, but it's still there. It's not gone away. And God needs our minds to be calm and ready for him to speak into the situation for us. He's always there. And we must learn to trust that he's always there. And that's really difficult in certain times, but it's the truth. Matthew 13 and 58 is quite a difficult verse to read to you because it says, and he, that's Jesus, did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. We don't want to be that people who just don't believe. We want to really stay true to God because we know that we can trust him. He's always with us. So how do we earthquake-proof our lives? We keep his presence with us. Don't lose focus. He's not moved. He's the ever-present help. The second P is peace. 
had written this down, and then Ian comes on to where's Ian? Ian comes on to um, the Connect group and says. Therefore is a most amazing word, and I'd already written, you know, that therefores in Scripture are almost, not quite, but almost as good as the buts. And verse 2 says, therefore we will not fear no matter how much our world shakes and trembles. Even then we, know, we can know God's peace. In among it all, we know that everything is okay, no matter what. Someone has written, when faith rises, fear flees. John spoke a couple of weeks ago about the disciples in the storm, totally overcome by fear. Jesus isn't in the boat, and then all of a sudden they're aware of this someone, something walking over the waves towards the boat. Is it Jesus? Is it a ghost? They're really scared. They're not sure. So it's Peter, Peter, of course, who braves it. Is it you, Jesus? If it is, tell me to come to you. And of course, the voice comes back, come, come. And Peter clambers out of that boat. Remember, the storm is raging, but Peter clambers out of that boat and he walks towards Jesus. This guy is something else. And we can slag him off for all his lack of faith because suddenly he realizes what he's doing. He takes his eyes off Jesus. He looks at the waves and he starts to sink. But you know what I always think about this story? He's the only one that got out of the boat. He's the only one who really trusted it was Jesus and he got out of the boat. There was a book that was written, I don't even know, can't remember who it was, but there was a book that was written years ago and it said, if you want to walk on the water, you have to get out of the boat. And I keep coming back to that and remembering it because it's really true. We have to trust our Jesus. When Jesus got back into the boat, everything calmed down again. Our peace is rooted in the one who calmed the sea. There should be no fear as our world shakes because the Prince of Peace is in the boat with us. And keeping our eyes fixed on him takes away the fear and the doubt and it builds our faith up. And it's difficult. I'm not pretending for a second that it isn't. But it's when we fix our eyes on Jesus, we know that our future is secure. It's because he's with us. We can know that peace that the, we say the world can't give and the world can't take away. So how do we earthquake-proof our lives? We, got, we, we take that peace that comes from Jesus. And the third and final P that I have is promise. If you look at verses 8 to 11 of the psalm, that's where it is. God makes promises. He promises us things throughout Scripture, and everything He has promised has either come to pass or will come to pass. There's still things that He's doing. Otherwise, we'd be in the New Jerusalem, and everything we wouldn't have to be preaching anything like this because everything would be great. But you know, even when the world is shaking around us, God is at work. There is nothing that's too hard or too big that you're going through in your life that he can't deal with. When we can't see the way forward, he has a thousand ways that he can deal with the mess. Listen to what Paul says to the Roman church. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who have been called according to his purpose. That's you this morning. 
Did you hear what I said? It's all things. Not some things, but all things. There is nothing that he can't deal with. Nothing that he's not working out for your good. We don't always see it, but we know he's working. Our God makes endless promises to us in his word. Just let me tell you three. Joshua 1 and 9. Do not be terrified and do not be discouraged for the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us to the glory of God. There are loads more. Encourage yourself. Go to scripture and find all these promises that he's making to you. God's promises, promises to make a difference when we hand over our lives to him. We want to see lives changed in our town. So keep praying and showing Jesus as the calm in the storm. Want to earthquake proof your life? Claim God's promises because they are for you and they cannot fail. Amen. Verse 10 of our psalm says, Be still and know that I am God. We can be still even in the midst of the earthquakes, in the midst of the storms. We can be still and leave it all to God. Romans 5 and 1 says, Therefore, it's an amazing word to you, isn't it? Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a promise. This psalm begins and it ends with God. He's with us in all that life can shake and, and, and quake and do whatever it does to us. He's working for us. He's building us. He's securing us. We can trust him. He's for us always. So people of God this morning, earthquake proof your lives before the storm, before the earthquakes. Do it with God. Know his presence. Know his peace. And know his promises. Yeah, They're on. all for you. Amen. Amen.